everybody welcome back to another episode of kicking grass i know it's been a little while but i want to say hi and welcome back to my co-host today harry austin how are you doing david nice to nice to see you again <laughs> excuse me sorry dealing with some allergies so if i cough uh, here or there you hear a little bit of silence it's uh unfortunately the uh, texas allergies still uh still bothering me yeah i, I hope you're getting better there harry especially before uh, this game coming up that we're going to talk about. But I want to start out by seeing how things are going in San Antonio. A pretty exciting match against uh, El Paso, I hear. Yeah, so San Antonio is off to a, a good start, I guess you could say. Uh, Fort here, they were able to get past El Paso one to nothing and a pretty convincing one to nothing uh, for that here. Um, they got a goal in the 11th minute by uh, Collier. And then the defense just kind of shut down El Paso. Um, to the point where El Paso, I think last I saw, did not even have a shot uh, shot on uh, goal in the second half uh, of the match here. So San Antonio FC knocked him down. Uh, San Antonio on the year so far is five and uh, five wins, one loss, um, no draws. So setting up 15 points. Uh, technically sitting third in the table in the Western Conference, tied for second, uh, one point back from San Diego Loyal at 16 points. Uh, San Antonio and Colorado Springs both with 15. Um, however, Loyal have also played eight matches compared to Colorado Springs and, and San Antonio at six matches. So um, standings, you know, technically they're third, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said here, With things are going well in San Antonio. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Those black kids haven't grown on you, I guess, though. No, I do not like the black kids. They did <laughs> update them um, on the back to where you can see the names and numbers. Still cannot see. Um, still can't see the sponsorship. I, I just don't like it, but you know, like, so there's plenty of people that do and, and, you know, like I said here, you know, there's kits that I like and people don't like, so it's, 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 a, it's a, it's a taste. And, you know, like I said here, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. Uh, how are things in Austin? I heard you had a pretty exciting match this last Saturday at the nation's capital. Exciting. Well, that depends on when you tuned into it, I guess. But um, yeah, that was a very interesting match. I mean, let's start out with the positive. It was a 3-2 victory. So anytime you can go on the road in MLS and get a victory, you can't really scoff at that. Um, Austin played a really good maybe 20 minutes or so toward the end of that game. So it started out in the first half with a couple of goals by Kamara. And goal number one uh, in the 20th minute or so, he removed his shirt and got a yellow card for a celebration with the shirt off. Then later on in the first half, he got a second yellow card for a pretty nasty tackle, actually. It was a legitimate yellow card. Second yellow gets sent off in the end of the first half. I think it was about the 42nd minute or so. And they played the rest of the game a man down, so they were down to 10 men. However, they were up 2-0 at the halftime, and Austin looked like they had no clue what they were doing. Came out in the second half, up a man, didn't look much better than Andy Nahar, who was probably, in my opinion, he was the best player for DC United in that first in that first half. Got injured and taken off the field. Um, once he, he got taken off the field, then the subs started coming in for Austin FC. Uh, once the subs took hold, 
they managed to uh, roll off three goals and, and pull out a 3-2 victory. And like I said, anytime you can get a victory on the road, you can't complain too much about that. It is mitigated, though, by we were up a man for 50-plus minutes in that match. And there were, again, some interesting lineup choices. So <laughs> people are giving praise to Wolf. You know my opinions on Wolf. They're giving praise to him for the substitutions. But the substitutions were basically writing the things that he did wrong from the beginning, one of which, in my opinion, was putting Sebastian Drusi out on the left wing instead of in his center attacking mid role where he can be creative and distribute. Once the sub came in and Finley went on at that position at about the 65th minute or so, Driussi went back to the center and all of a sudden we started attacking really well and created three goals. So it's, I guess I give him credit for correcting the mistake, but it was in my opinion, a mistake from the beginning of the game. He played 60 plus minutes in the wrong position. And it was pretty obviously in the wrong position. So there's good and bad takeaways from that. You want to stay positive with the win, but there's also some negatives. And that goes a couple of games worth of interesting lineup decisions by Josh Wolf. Um, but that's also on the heels of an indefinite suspension for Cecilio Dominguez. So it seems like what he's been doing is tinkering and playing around and experimenting on the wings to try to figure out what they're going to do for the rest of the season, presuming that Cecilio Dominguez does not come back with Austin FC. Do you expect uh, Cecilio to come back or no? Because it sounded like on some of the articles from his agent that the issue is going to be resolved shortly, but you know, then, you know, radio silence. And I know that was from uh, his agent, the club put out a statement initially with MLS, but beyond that really, Really, there hasn't been anything. No, and they're being extremely tight-lipped about everything. It all happened within 24 hours of Cecilio getting his green card processed in Paraguay. And maybe I know too much about the immigration process, but presuming that something came up in that process, I can guess as to what it might be. I would not expect Cecilio Dominguez to be back in an Austin FC uniform. I would think that they're trying to figure out how to terminate that contract in part ways. But no, we're not certain. You don't really know what happened. Nobody's said anything. We don't even know what they're investigating. But it seems significant enough at this point that they are planning to be without him indefinitely. It is an indefinite suspension. I personally don't expect him to come back. He's been a very polarizing figure in Austin to begin with, and I'm not sure that this isn't an opportune moment to go ahead and just cut the cord part ways, try to get a new designated player if that's possible, and move forward. Yeah, from my understanding, it's all on how they're able to terminate that contract on if they're able to replace him this summer. Or if they'll have to wait till you know that the season is over before that here is, is my understanding. Uh, for that, yeah, that is the big question. I think they're allowed to go ahead and replace him this summer if it's terminated because of his action and they don't owe him any money. And I believe that's the hangup. So if it plays out that way, I think they're able to sign someone else in the summer. If it 
if it's something different and they can't replace them this summer, then I'm not sure exactly what you do because their wing players right now are in the backup positions are Jared Stroud and Rodney Redes. I think Rodney Redes is now clearly can be said is a bust at that signing. So Stroud, I haven't seen anything to make me think that they have confidence in him, but maybe there's something there they can do with Jared Stroud, but is that really replacing Cecilio Dominguez with Jared Stroud? No offense to anyone is a talent downgrade on the wing. So uh, I don't think Finley and Fagundes can be your only two wing players. So they've got to figure out what to do. Now the game before that, when they had to do something different on the wing, Josh started with Alex ring on the wing, which was a total and complete disaster. Then he did, he did a rotation, and um, I was actually impressed with uh, Maxi Arruti. When he put Maxi Arruti on the wing, he actually was very dangerous coming from that right wing position. So to me, that's a possibility. To me, John Gallagher could be an option on the wing. They've been using him as a substitution left back quite a bit, but I think he could take over that position. They've got some options. It's just what plays out with the whole Cecilio drama, and I think as I said, I think it might be a good time to move on because Cecilio is pretty dramatic in every sense of that word on and off the field and has created a lot of chaos around the club here in Austin, is very polarizing. And I know Josh Wolf really is high on him and he does bring a lot of talent on the field, but there are also some serious negatives with Cecilio and maybe this is the time to figure out how to replace him presuming that it's something that he did that merits terminating the contract. Yeah. And I guess for me, like Sutter, because when you look at his numbers, you know, he's rated fairly well. Now he's got two goals um, on, on the year uh, for right here. So it, it's, right. he's it's great at scoring goals in games where it doesn't matter. He scored the two goals <laughs> and the five zero wins, but he doesn't score so, to break a tie. Yeah, right. That's kind of so, a knock, right? Well, speaking of that, you know, to flip it back to San Antonio, um, and this is Austin FC semi-related. Uh, San Antonio originally released uh, uh, was it uh, Katua Mani uh, was previously announced that it was a a buyout of the contract. However, today they came back and and basically have mutually terminated Mani's contract. And the mutual termination agreement replaces the previous announced buyout of Mane's contract, which was withdrawn by San Antonio FC. And of course, per club policy, terms of the arrangement are not disclosed. Mane played a half of a friendly, uh, is my understanding, against FC Dallas, sustained a soldier injury, went under, you know, you know, repair for that, um, was going to be out 12 weeks um, anyways. So that is another one where it's kind of a head scratcher. Um, because from everything that I've heard, Monty is a pretty straight up guy, but you know, for them to switch from buyout to mutually terminated, um, it, it raised some questions this afternoon. <laughs> I won't lie to you. So, yeah, I have no idea what that means. Can you interpret that at all for me, especially coming from Spurs? That I don't, that I don't know is, is. 
because to a buyout means that you know they agree to some sort of settlement on the contract. A termination typically means that they're they're done with it, and I don't know if money exchanges hands, you know, along, along those lines. So um, it'll be interesting. I know there is the player, you know, players agreement, uh, you know, the you know between you know the players union and through there. So I've heard sometimes maybe it just may be having to deal with that in that language. Uh, for it here, depending on how it worked out, but uh, I know it's kind of a surprise uh, from us because Mon- you know, you know, Mane uh, was the first Austin FC player uh, signed to San Antonio, um, and yet never, never made an official appearance uh, for it here. You know, never, t- never saw the field of Toyota, never saw the field of Toyota field actually, because uh, the game that he got hurt at was at Toyota Stadium in, da- in Dallas. So. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see come July-ish, uh, you know, assuming that Monty's shoulder is is repaired, you know, to see where he possibly lands and lands at that point uh, for that here. But uh, it was it was a pretty thing, I think, since the last time we also spoke. Uh, the other big player news for San Antonio is uh, Christian Bonilla retired uh, after three games and went to work for his uh, – his uh, cousin's business in Miami, uh, you know, per an article that we found out. So things are not dull in San Antonio when it comes to players. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and said, how in the world does a player retire three games into the season? It, that was another just head scratcher for me is the best way. I can't imagine well, there's well, not more th- to that. I have a theory um, that in, in, you know, you, 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 you could – your history could probably say if it's easier or not. I think he came to the United States via SAFC so he could get that work permit to be able to get to you know get to the United States quicker than trying to get a visa going through his cousin's business personally. That's just my you know unsolicited you know report <laughs> because you know that's you know for for somebody to retire and, and he was performing well you know right it's, it's not like it was a performance issue it not wasn't like he wasn't playing. Uh, he was starting every game from all reports that caught San Antonio completely off guard. And to, to me, you know, when we originally heard it, we thought, hey, maybe something happened in Colombia. He went back, you know, to his family, something along those lines. Um, but then there was an article that surfaced that, you know, he ended up go work at his, at his cousin's, you know, business in Miami. So to me, the only thing that makes logical sense, you know, if he lost the passion, he lost the passion, don't get me wrong. But you know, to me, like I said here, just, just, and like I said, it's just my, my opinion, you know, my, my tinfoil theory is that, you know, because of his experience, get going through San Antonio FC is most likely an easier way to get a work visa that they have to get uh, mm-hmm. to be able to come to the United States. And I think that provided him the avenue to do now. I don't know if there's a time requirement or not uh, for him to be, be able to satisfy that so that way he can still stay in the country you know that's you know well above my pay grade but wish him well like i said if he lost his passion and and you know like i said i don't want to force him to do anything that he doesn't want to do by any means uh but it's just it's been an interesting even though san antonio's on field has been very successful there are these little quirks you know between Mane and bonilla that you, you kind of go, what's going on? <laughs> just, you know, it, and I know the same thing in Austin with, with the, you know, with, with, with the Cecilio, just, you know, you know, I wish both organizations would be a little bit more upfront. Now I understand maybe legally there's some issues that may not be able to be, 
too. So that, right. that's the other that's the other factor here because we got to respect, you know, the players' rights and and along those lines here. So. Yeah, but I think we should probably get off the speculation train because all of this has been. We don't really know what's <laughs> happening with any of these players. I'm really disappointed with Mane. I was hoping to see Kakuta play um, more in San Antonio this season, and uh, boy, that yeah, that that one's a real disappointment. I think to his fans here in Austin who were looking forward to that. But uh, let's move on to the big news, which has been the U.S. Open Cup draw. And I have a sneaking suspicion that you've got some tickets to a game coming up later this week. Uh, tomorrow, yes, actually I do. Uh, although I won't be able to tailgate because uh, AJ has a game. Uh, you know, he's playing uh, for his middle school team, so and they happen to have a game at six o'clock. So I will be one of those people that will be walking in probably right as kickoff takes place, or you know, a little bit before then. So. And I guess for our plethora of listeners in San Antonio and Austin who follow soccer podcasts and are living under a rock or something and haven't heard, San Antonio FC and Austin FC have been drawn in the uh, U.S. Open Cup, playing down in San Antonio and Toyota Stadium on uh, Wednesday. That's going to be April 20th is tomorrow. Is that that correct? That is correct. And um, my understanding is that there's going to be a pretty significant Austin crowd going down to Toyota Stadium tomorrow. And I don't know. We'll see. I know. They, <laughs> I know they've got the bus. I know they've got two sections uh, for that here. Um, I know San Antonio. From my understanding, it's not a sold out game, which is kind of surprising. Um, but it is a Wednesday night game, um, and it's San Antonio, so there'll be last minute arrivals. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that'll be for both. Um, I think I think it'll be probably about seventy five hundred, maybe maybe a little bit over that uh, will be what the attendance is, which isn't bad for a Wednesday game, um, especially if you're looking at you know attendance elsewhere. Um, so I, I think you know I, I think it'll be interesting. I I said it'd probably be about a sixty forty split on crowd, uh, San Antonio to you know to Austin, um, but you know we'll, we'll see we'll see how it shakes out. Um, I'm you more think interested. Be that? That high a percentage, I would have thought San Antonio would have shown out more than sixty. Uh, well, I'm trying to give Austin credit. You know, like I said, you mentioned that there's going to be a lot of them, um, and like I said, I know they've got two sections, what, what one twenty one and one twenty two, I believe. Uh, yes. For that is is mainly uh, Austin FC, and I'm um, you know there'll, there'll be other Austin Austin fans scattered around. I know that there are, um, there are uh, Austin fans in San Antonio. Uh, obviously, so it'll 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 be interesting. It, it'll be a good question on how it is. Um, I know Austin travels well, um, so that's why that's why I'm trying to give them the benefit of a 60-40 split uh, for that here. Um, just, but you know, it wouldn't shock me if it's seventy thirty. But I do think that there will be a well, the Verdi will be well represented in in Toyota Field. There, there is no <laughs> doubt about that. Um, now I don't think they're taking over Toyota Field as as some of has, has some have mentioned on 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 social media. Um, you know I think it's cool what Austin FC is doing. From my understanding, for ten bucks, you're you know you're able to you know catch catch the uh, but you know bring a you know, they're bringing a bus or two down. So I, I think that's awesome uh, for that here. So kickoffs at eight was at seven thirty, um, but kickoffs at eight. So. Uh, allow for people to get through the uh, Austin uh, San Antonio uh, I-35 traffic, which is uh, 
never fun, no matter the time of day. That is true. I'm assuming that San Antonio is going to go full force on this game, or is there something I'm missing where they might not? That is, and I think that's the question for both teams. Is when when it was announced, everybody from San Antonio is like, "Look, this game matters to to the fans." Right. I think this game matters to both organizations. Um, just, I don't think there's, I don't, I don't think there's bad blood between the organizations, but I don't think that they like each other either. Uh, I'll just, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. I just, I just, I, you know, like I said here, I think just, just on how the, the expansion process worked out. Um, I think with the fans, I think there's probably a, a core on each side that are very anti, you know, San Antonio, anti Austin. But I think you're going to find majority of fans at this point have accepted, hey, Austin's MLS. We're, you know, we're going to be in USL. You know, it is what it is. Um, we don't have to like it, but, um, you know, but, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, it's what I think a lot of people realize is that is if San Antonio is ever going to make it to MLS, Austin has to has to do well. They have to. Because if, if Austin busts, you're not going to have three three MLS teams that underperform when it comes to attendance and say, hey, let's give San Antonio a shot when it's been proven three times that it doesn't work in Texas. So, you know, I think, you know, I, I think that for San Antonio fans, we want the win. Uh, trust me, uh, trust me. Uh, we do want the win, and oh my gosh, Omaha just beat the fire in Chicago on penalties. Uh, well, that does not shock me at all. <laughs> so, if there's one USL team I can almost guarantee would go out in a flaming hot mess, it would be Chicago. Well, the other one that went out is the crew, they lost at Detroit City tonight, so uh, 2 1 as well. Uh, San Antonio and Maxi Rodriguez uh, scored both goals, so so there, yeah, there is a, a tie there. Uh, for that year. So the two upsets, uh, Omaha and um, Detroit City, and Detroit City uh, you know, over Chicago and the crew. So I know Austin FC fans probably uh, pretty happy about the crew going out. So no love. I will never be disappointed to see the crew lose. So <laughs> yeah, I can, I can say there's a contingent that are happy about that. Sure. But I think this matchup, the one thing that came out here, which I don't think a lot of people realized is uh, Matthew Cardoni, uh, the goalkeeper, who I think probably gets the shot tomorrow. Um, I think there might be some some rotation within San Antonio lineup. I wouldn't shock me with the goalkeeper, you know, with Matt getting out through there. Uh, his brother, uh, Tony Cardoni, is the president of Austin Anthem. So that will mm -hmm. be that will be interesting uh, dynamic here. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, from my understanding for this match, uh, uh, you know, I, I heard on social media or maybe it was Moon Tower that. Uh, uh, Tony will be with family and not with either supporters group, uh, just because, you know, obviously, you know, brother and, you know, club, obviously, you know, you gotta be sensitive on that. So it, it'll be interesting, but, uh, I think for San Antonio side, I hope they put the, their, their good lineup out. Um, they do have an away match against New Mexico in New Mexico on Saturday, which I'm actually going to be going out there for. Me and AJ are going to take a road trip out there because uh, we've never been there. Um, and so you figure that they got to rotate one, but this is their San Antonio's first, and I believe it's Austin's first three, the three game, um, three, uh, three games in one week. 
for that here. So, you know, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be some, some player rotation, but my question is, is for Austin, uh, you know, do we expect to see a lot of, a lot of the, the second team and possibly even some of the Academy uh, play this match? That's a great question. And I think that's the question that a lot of the fans here have. So I guess we'll see tomorrow. I think there's a couple of, theories as to how it's going to play out. And of course, nobody from the Austin FC organization is saying anything. They're very, very tight lipped about it. Um, there's a couple of things I do expect um, to see against San Antonio though from Austin. One is I believe you're going to see Musa Jite at that forward position. So, and you know, I'm real high on Musa Jite, but he's fallen out of favor for whatever reason with Josh Wolf. I think you will see Musa Jite playing that U.S. Open Cup match. There's another thing I can almost guarantee you is that you'll be seeing Owen Wolf at some point on that field against San Antonio FC. Those are my two big. What about almost, Redis? Rodney Redis. The... See, Redis is interesting to me. I would think. It's a game that he has to play, right? It's a game is he, he... Is he... He's a DP, right? Or he's not a DP. He's one of the young signings. I forget what they're termed now, but one of the discovery players, I guess, is what it's called. Right. So it's the under twenty-three designated player type, but not a designated player uh, right, yeah. moniker. The second level, yeah. So, which I believe. I don't know if you're going to see red as play or not. I mean, that's, that's a great question. I have no idea. I don't know what their plan is for red is. I have no real feel from them on that. He clearly cannot be at this point. Well, the the first is team also player. In that same, same thing, the U 22 initiative. Yes. However, GK has with one game exception, still been extremely dangerous and good for Austin FC every time he's taken the pitch. Mm -hmm. Rodney Redes, there's something they did in one of those nerdy analysis analytic type things. And with Rodney Redes on the field, we're just God awful. He really affects the first team Austin FC lineup so much that I just can't imagine how they're going to keep him in the plans going forward. And especially since, remember, he was the first ever signing for Austin FC. He's been there from day one. That's and why he's got to play. That's why you get – this is a match that you have to play him. I I wouldn't be – I'll put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play. Um, you have to factor in the Cecilio Dominguez injury, though. He is theoretically the direct backup in that position. So might they be planning playing, on though, having him available? Though, right? I'm sorry? But he's not playing though, right? They've put him in two or three times already this year. And that was before Cecilio went out. He played against San Jose. You saw how that went. Um, so, I mean – they have tried to stick him in whenever they can this season, and it's just been really bad every time they've tried. So I think the fans are really down on Redes. 
I know he doesn't care about what the fans think when he makes his decision, but there has been no indication that Redis can perform at the level of the first team, even having been here this long. So I don't know that he's in the plans for the first team, but I can't say he's not. Uh, Redis is an interesting one. I, I think you're going to see GTA. I think you're going to see Owen Wolf at some point. I would suspect you're going to see Tarbell sub in for Brad Stuver. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the question. Is he going to play entirely backup and academy type players? Or is he going to play a rotated semi-starter? Are you going to see the Gallagher's? Are you going to see maybe Valencia? Are you going to see some of those players that are fringe but not sometimes start, sometimes sub in, not all the time players? Or is it going to be mostly younger academy and, and backup roster. And we just really have no clue. So I, I can't answer your question. I don't know what he's going to do beyond like those three or four players that I named. I, I really have no idea. I think the hope is that he's going to take the starters, even if they're not playing. So take Fagundes, take Driussi, take those type of players, Maxi or Rudy. And then if they're needed, they're available because it's a road trip. It's, you know, a van and it's an hour and a half or so. It's not like you've got all this travel wear and tear. Mm -hmm. So I would suspect that's probably what you're going to get. You'll probably see Kip Keller start would be my guess. I expect Kip to to start, no doubt. Danny Hosen as well, I expect to start uh, as well. Danny Hosen, I'm not as convinced. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be GTA. But we'll see. What's your feelings on how the game plays out? Because I know San Antonio will sit back, let Austin have the ball, um, and counter them. And from my understanding, like, you know, listening to a couple other podcasts here, um, San Jose is an example, plays Mm -hmm. a little bit that style as well. And if I don't think you guys didn't lose that game, right? Or did you? No, but we did. (laughs) It was a tie, but it was a loss. It was a 2-0 that we just completely fell apart and let them tie it up. And they probably should have won. They had some point blank. Substitution changes. Exactly. That's when you got Redis and Stroud on for Fugundes and Finley. And that's when you got, you know, Maxi Rudy taken out of the game. And the one who was playing really awful in that San Jose game was actually uh, Gabrielson. And he didn't substitute Gabrielson. So, um, gosh, I, I, I don't know. I think there's some things that Austin does not deal well with. And one is pressure against the back line. And so, in a way, I feel like San Antonio sitting back, letting them have possession and trying to counter doesn't. They do the high pressure, though. That's the thing. Right. They exactly. do the high pressure on your side, and then, you know, hey, once you get it over to our side, okay, hey, we'll set back. And, you know, they, they smothered El Paso, which which has a, a pretty good attack. And I know Austin's Austin scored a lot of goals. Um, now, I think everybody, you know, uh, uh, you know, can argue that the level of competition, I won't go uh, as far as Andrew Wiebe saying, hey, it's, it's, it's a bonus game, uh, you know, on, you know, on Austin's wins, you know, because they've beat the teams that went in the East. 
you know, like Cincinnati and, you know, DC United along those lines here. So I won't go as far as that. In Miami. Take. Yeah. And Miami's Miami. the worst. So I won't go with that horrible take that he did. And, you know, even called him out on it and saying, dude, that's a bad take, man. Um, Cause you can only play. There, who's in front of you. However, there is a grain of truth to that. I mean, they did score 13 goals against DC, Miami and Cincinnati. I mean, that is true. You can't, ignore the fact that they racked up those goals against just really bad MLS teams. Um, I think getting a victory is one thing. I think goal differential is probably not an indicator that for Austin, I don't think we're as good as our goal differential indicates. Although I think the record is probably pretty accurate. So getting a win against Cincinnati you need to do that. You don't have to beat them 5-0, though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the win-loss, I think, is fairly a good indicator, whereas the goal differential, I'm not – I don't put as much stock into that. But I guess that's exactly where I was going with the San Jose comparison, is that San Jose did that, and Austin had some success, but it's because San Jose had a really, really bad defense. And I don't expect San Antonio doesn't have a bad defense. Right, San Antonio to have. Assuming that. they play the starters. Assuming they play the starters. Exactly, and, I, and I'm just assuming that. I don't. I can't, for the life of me, fathom why, as San Antonio FC, you would not play your best lineup for this game. Um, it is a U.S. Open Cup match, and it's against a MLS team, and basically wow. your direct rival if you have one in MLS. So I would think you go all out if you're San Antonio FC. Now, Austin, I can understand why they may, they may not. Like, I don't expect to see Marine. I don't, I don't expect to see some of the starters that at least at the start, I guess I will say it wouldn't shock me. I would not expect, I would not expect ring or Driussi. I would not expect Cascante. I would not expect Maxi Arruti. Um, I wouldn't expect to see Diego Fagundes start right? Those are really important players. Probably Danny Pereira. I wouldn't think we'll start that game. So from there, kind of all bets are off after that. I think they probably sit Gabrielson and start Kip Keller, but then who do you put him with? Johan Romagna? He's conveniently all of a sudden injured when he hasn't played for a month. So I... (laughs) I never know what to read into that. Can he play or can he not? Is he really injured or is that a convenient? Why is he not playing? Oh, he's injured because we get a lot of that from Austin FC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know if it's not Romagna. I don't know who your pairing in the back is. I would think it's going to be Kip Keller and Johan Romagna. Um, then who do you put out on the, the backs, the defensive backs, is another great question. I just really don't know. I would think you would see Jimenez, um, but I'm not sure about that. I mean, these are all the questions. We don't really have a read on what Josh Wolf is going to do, and they haven't said anything. So I'm kind of at a loss of what to expect from Austin on this game. I do think you'll see a couple of academy players, though. There's a couple of the, you know, 16, 17-year-olds that I think will make uh, if not a start, the uh, San Antonio Academy players that Austin FC uh, snuck up, uh, snuck up I thirty five. Sure, there's no vitriol there. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 
So my last question to you, I expect a close game uh, for it here. I know Austin FC fans, uh, I think it's kind of mixed. I think some of them believe, hey, we're MLS. We should just be able to show up and, and walk the park. Um, what's your feelings on, on kind of how this game plays out? Uh, I think it'll be, I personally think it'll be low scoring very defensively. I think it'll be chippy, um, but it wouldn't shock me if it goes extra time uh, for that here. But, and I do think in order for San Antonio to get the victory, they need to get on the board first. Um, I think if they can come out in the first 20 minutes, um, get, get, get a goal, you know, in, you know, early, I think that sets the tone and puts it right for, you know, for the cup set. If the longer it stays zero, zero, um, the depth of Austin FC, uh, of an MLS team, you know, especially if they bring on some of their starters, if they have them on, on the bench, uh, could be the difference. So do you kind of see the game playing out that way? Or do you kind of think, you know, Hey, Austin, Austin FC comes in, kind of flexes its MLS muscles and, and, you know, kind of, kind of strolls. No, I see it almost exactly the way you do. And I do actually think that San Antonio will score first. I kind of seeing it play out as a two, one Austin victory in the end, but with some of those starters coming on late and you see a little bit of a DC United esque performance in the flurry late to get some good creative goal scoring opportunities. Austin has a tendency, though, to make some boneheaded mistakes in the back that I think San Antonio can take advantage of. And when they go up against a team that packs it in like San Antonio and can defend really well, they get into a really bad habit of playing the horseshoe, as I call it. So they get the ball in the attacking end, and they go around to one corner, and then they pass it back outside the area and go around to the other corner and just do that indefinitely. And eventually somebody gets tired of doing that and hits a cross into the box. But since we don't really have a center striker, (laughs) there's nobody there to finish it off and the play dies and then they start all over. Right. And that's kind of what I feel like is going to happen with Austin against San Antonio and San Antonio will take advantage of a mistake playing out of the back with Austin uh, get an early goal. I think Austin will struggle to score against that San Antonio defense, to be candid. However, I do think if they do as I expect, which is play mostly subs and younger players to begin with, but bring on some of the big guns late in the match, then they can score a couple of second-half goals and probably take a 2-1 victory. But I would not be surprised, like you said, if it goes to extra time, PKs, something like that. Um, that would be totally conceivable to me. And fun fact here, um, this is from Chris Hockman uh, for here. San Antonio has never beat Austin in open cup play. Whether it was the Aztecs, Bold, they, they, uh, they have not beat them. So it would be a first for San Antonio to beat Austin uh, in the open cup uh, for that here. So. That's an interesting uh, little little nugget that uh, Chris Hockman was able to pull up. That is interesting, and I don't think I even knew that. So, yes, thanks thanks for the factoid. Yes, so the Aztecs knocked uh, the Scorpions out, um, and, you know, for the Queso Cup or Queso yes. Bowl, and then uh, I was in Austin uh, for the Bold San Antonio 
uh, open cup match, and it was four to two, something along those lines, and it wasn't even that close. It was Austin. Austin just ran ran San Antonio out of out of the out of the building that night. So it will it will be interesting to see how how this game plays out. Um, one final thing that came up. But, well, did you have any more on the uh, Austin San Antonio uh, discussion? No, just have fun. I wish I could be there. I don't think I will be able to. Um, I've been looking forward to this matchup for a long, long time, and it's killing me that the timing is such that I won't be able to go. But I know you're going to be there, so uh, have fun at the game. Yes, yeah, so being in San Antonio, I would definitely be there. If it was in Austin, however, I probably would not have been able to be there uh, for that year. So it is looking forward to your breakdown of Owen Wolf after the match. <laughs> So the final thing I want to end up on, um, UWS, uh, the, the Central Texas Hornets, uh, their schedule came out. Um, some surprises, so, you know, Austin Elite, and I do like the rebrand by Danny, so great job with that, um, with, with the, you know, uh, you know, with the FC Austin Elite. Um, but uh, FC Luxoria, uh, the Athenians, uh, the, def uh, the, well, the defending champs uh, of, the, uh, of, the, um, of the division, Runners and Wilco, San Antonio Runners, uh, for its season kicks off on May 14th uh, with uh, Luxior uh, playing FC Austin Elite. Um, the Hornets don't kick off till May 20th, where you travel to Wilco uh, for that here, a Friday night at uh, 7.30, I believe. And then the uh, Hornets home opener, I believe, is June 4th. Uh, it still be determined against Wilco. Uh, you get the uh, return match uh, from them right away here. So any thoughts on how the Hornets are looking at this point and, and the schedule uh, for uh, Central Texas Hornets? Well, we're really excited for the season. So I I am never a fan of playing the first two games against the same opponent, <laughs> but I guess it's the same for both of us. So if we have to play Wilco home and away, that's what we're going to do to start out. So we'll go up to Round Rock. Um, for our opening game, we do not have a league match scheduled for the following weekend, which is the 28th. Then we come back home in Kyle and we play Wilco again for our home opener. So that game will be at 730. I don't know if it's not on the schedule yeah, that they published the today. Then TBD. Yeah, it's at Bob Shelton Stadium there in Buda. Right. It'll be at Bob Shelton Stadium and we will kick off at 730. So what I would like this season is just to invite everybody out to our home opener against Wilco. Let's show out, wear yellow and black, come make the noise. Let's make it fun. We're going to try to implement some new and exciting uh, atmosphere tweaks for this season. And I think it's going to be really fun to come out and it'll be at night under the lights. So that's why we're going to have a 730 kick. It won't be as hot as some of the games last season. And I think it should be an exciting season. We've got uh, Coach Ramos came on board, who is a coach at the Texas State Women's Club. And he's doing a great job molding the team into a, a real team prior to bringing in some of the college players that will be coming in to supplement the roster. So we're hard at work already with the Hornets, and we're going to be ready for that kickoff. Anything on the uh, Lobos as of yet? I don't think I've seen a schedule or anything out on that. I know uh, that usually comes out around this time as well. So anything on the men's side? Yeah, absolutely. On the men's side, the Gulf Coast Premier League put out the conference alignments for the season today, but they have not announced the schedule. However, I can probably break a little bit of news here ahead of the full schedule release. We are 
likewise going to try and not we're not going to play that first weekend which is may 14th our first game will be on the road the following weekend so on may 21st we travel to lafayette we're going to play cajun rush in the first game of the season then we will have our home opener two weeks later so we're going to have to release the full schedule here this week, but we'll be able to make make that announcement coming up really soon. But it's going to be an exciting season for the Lobos as well. There will be an eight-game GCPL season. We will also have a Texas Premier League match. What's that, you may ask? Well, that you're going to have to keep your eyes peeled and find out pretty soon but those announcements will be coming down it's just an exciting time for lobos and we're going to go all out our new coach uh samarone Oliveira from brazil is again hard at work we've got some san antonio players on our team uh so san antonio fans will want to follow us as well and keep track of some of the players coming in from san antonio that we've got so uh kicking off the 21st of may and we'll run through the end of july and we're going for the championship this year Last year, you know, a little spot because we know the UWS, uh, you know, last year, and I know it was probably a year earlier than what you anticipated on on coming in uh, for that year. So year two for the Hornets, uh, you expect to, to kind of have a, a step up, you know, in, in level of competition, uh, you know, you know, for the Lobos, uh, you know, for that year. Yeah, absolutely. So I, we did have some issues. Here with the rollout because we had anticipated being a division two team. And then at the very last minute prior to the start of the season, we got the news that uh, we had the opportunity to play division one, but there would not be a division two. So that really kind of made the decision for us. We, I think had some talented players on our team, but we built the team really quickly and just did not have the time and preparation to get up to the level that we needed to be to really be competitive with teams like the Athenians and FC Austin Elite. I think this year you'll see a much better prepared Hornet squad going out and competing with these teams. Any final thoughts that you have? Uh, I know we covered the San Antonio, we covered Austin FC, uh, talked a little bit about the lower leagues, and uh, that'll be picking up. Um, in a couple of months, or actually in a couple of weeks now, or about a month uh, for that here. So any final thoughts that you got? Well, I just had a final question for you. We haven't spoken, I guess, since that amazing qualification by the U.S. Men's National Team for the World Cup. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I wanted to throw it out there for you to give your opinion on that stellar 2-0 loss that propelled us into the World Cup. We made the World Cup, right? Yes. Job done. <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter how you get there just as long as you get there. Right? You know, it just uh, to me, it, did, it, it, did, it didn't matter. It just, it's, they got what they have. Now, question back to you, the draw. They get England, Iran. And either Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine, uh, depending on how that, that play-in uh, plays there. Your thoughts on the group? Well, while I'm not thrilled about our qualification process, I am about as happy with the draw as you could possibly be. So of all the possible 
A pot teams that we could have drawn, I'm thrilled that it's England. I think that's the best possible matchup for the United States. None of those teams overly scare me. I think it's set up for the United States to go through. So, as you said, we're in the World Cup now. We've got a fairly decent group to win that first group stage. So now it's up to them to get that victory and go through and hopefully win the group and go as a group winner. I think they should at least get out of that group, though. That's my expectation. I, I think so. It wouldn't shock me if they won it. Um, you know, the U.S. is, is a young team. Um, on the flip side, I think Mexico drew a tough group with Argentina, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Yes. Um, I, I thought they drew a very difficult group. Um, and then the other CONCACAF team, Canada. Um, yeah, by Canada. Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and Croatia. I think Canada can still get through that. I think Mexico has the tougher draw out, out of all of them. The four CONCACAF teams, U.S. got the best draw. I, so I don't to circle think... back to your question, to that 2-0 loss in, in, against Costa Rica, did it matter? Not in the World Cup setup, no. Which Absolutely. is, all, which is what that match was for. It was for to go to the World Cup. They did what they needed to do. But I'm really not talking about just that match, although that was a big part of it. It was the whole World Cup qualifying cycle does not instill me with confidence that they can perform against World Cup caliber competition if they can't perform any better than they did against CONCACAF competition. So that's that's the disturbing part for me and the way they ended up. I mean, we were tied with Costa Rica. So yeah, it was it was all goal differential. But so, that's, that's the point, though, is they took care of business when they needed to. They went on the road to Mexico and they got that point. They were very unlucky not to win it, first of all. So against Mexico, they've done very well. Now, early that in the cycle, true. early in the cycle, you know, I don't think anybody was happy with the player rotation, the lineups, anything along those lines. Right. But you have to give credit where credit's due. He got the job done. And, you know, like I said here, against Mexico, what, they went, what, last year, what, what, 3-0-1, you know, the, mm -hmm. no losses, three wins and a, and a draw. Yeah, we do great against Mexico. The the question Full that top. comes for the United States, <laughs> number one, hosting the 2026 uh, World Cup, there's not going to be really any qualifying, so there's that issue. But number two, the biggest drawback about you, the United States is they don't really travel and play tough opponents. Right, and, that's, and even when we play tournaments like Gold Cup and all of these other things, they're here in the United States. The United they don't States. go anywhere. That's mm -hmm. the problem for the United States is, and it's increasingly harder with you know the you know the nations what the nations leagues and and stuff that you know it seems like the conferences have. That's going to be the challenging part for the United States, and not even just the United States, but for Concacaf teams in general, is to be able to improve that competition you're almost going to have to go to South America. There needs to be a working relationship between there. England, you're going to have to try to work out. And I know there's, I can't I believe there's a camp over in England um, for there here. So it, it'll be interesting. The World Cup, I, I, you know, and this might be something that we discuss later on, you know, when the World Cup gets closer. The World Cup setup being played in November around Thanksgiving. 
I don't know if that's a huge plus for the United States or a huge negative for the United States because the United States will be out of season compared to normally when the World Cup happens. They're normally already in season. So, you know, the EPL, the, you know, the, the teams that play the, the FIFA calendar will mm -hmm. be in season. So, you know, catching, you know, England, their players are going to be in form where the United States, most of their players may, you know, the MLS based players unless you're playing in the MLS finals may not have played for a while. So that'll be interesting to kind of see how the role reversal works on that. But that True, was something except, we can kind of discuss. Yeah. Except that I think that most of the U S starters and most of the important players for the U S will be playing the European calendar. They're in European squads. So I think, well, I think for the, my biggest takeaway for the United States right now, and this is something I don't think you could ever have thought, at least in in my generation, because we've always had quality goalkeepers. The mm -hmm. weak spot on this lineup is goalkeeping. Well, it's certainly a question mark. That's I don't know that spot. it goes as far as saying it's a weak spot, but it's certainly Batter striker. Batter striker. Striker. I, I would say it's striker, <laughs> but uh, certainly the goalkeeper is unsettled. But I guess we've got plenty of time to figure that one out because that's not coming up for many months. So. Uh, I'll throw it back to you. You have any final thoughts before we sign off here? No, like I said, sorry, my schedule got busy. Um, you know, I've started a new job and uh, training for it's picked up and, and trying to learn with it. And then, you know, AJ with club and, and school soccer and, you know, with, uh, you know, having another child just uh, minutes got uh, short. So sorry, I haven't been able to commit uh, every week like I had originally hoped to. So hopefully, you know, I can do a rotation, but, you know, if you're able to, get another uh, co-host or, you know, a rotation on there here, but it's always fun to be on here with you, David. Uh, you know, it looks at here. It's that that's perfectly fine. Harry, as I've told all of our plethora of listeners from the beginning, we're going to do what we want when we want <laughs> to do it. So if you tuned in expecting us to do a very strict weekly schedule, you tuned into the wrong place because we're going to talk about whatever we want, whenever we feel like it. And just with Austin San Antonio coming up this week, we could not let this one pass. I am so hyped for that and ready to see that. Social media will be very interesting after the match. Um, Absolutely. And I, well, I guess my final thought, um, and this goes to both fan bases, let's respect each other. Um, I, I know during the expansion process, Feelings got touched on a little bit, uh, we'll say. Uh, I know I probably towed the line, maybe even crossed it a time or two uh, for it here. But no matter the result, no matter who wins, who loses, you know, let's just hope that it's a good game. Um, let's hope it's a fun and festive in the stands. And, and you know, I know 99% of both fan bases are great. You know, let's not let that 1% ruin it, ruin it uh, uh, for either fan base because that's the last thing that we need, you know, San Antonio and Austin. Uh, we'll hopefully be around for many, many years, and this will become hopefully a annual uh, tradition of, you know, San Antonio FC and Austin FC uh, facing off against each other in some form of competition, uh, whether it's uh, Open Cup or other. Here, here. Thank you for tuning in, and like I said, hope everybody has a wonderful uh, week here, and good luck to both uh, Austin FC fans and San Antonio FC fans. Uh, but we're out of here, David. Absolutely. We'll see you next time sometime on Kicking Grass. Yeah,